It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 307 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, April 4th. I guess you're going to hear this on Thursday, April 5th, but whatever. Uh, I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me, of course, on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. Where you can find links to every single episode. Make sure you check out the Locked On Podcast Network as well. Lots of great stuff on the network for you to check out. Uh, Locked On NBA is daily now with different hosts from across the network, hosting shows, uh, and just a lot of great content. If you're interested in a team, find the corresponding show. Subscribe, rate, review, support the host if you like them. And uh, it's very much appreciated. If you do that with us, Locked On Raptors, I'll be forever indebted to you if you leave a rating or a review. It helps the algorithm somehow. I don't really know how. Uh, but uh, it is helpful, so I thank you in advance for leaving a rating or a review. All right, let's get to this thing. Uh, it's super late because ESPN games start late, and it's uh, it's whatever. It's annoying, but hey, it means the Raptors are having national televised games, so I guess people are happy about that. Uh, here with Vivek Jacob to recap the Raptors' 96-78 win over the Boston Celtics. Uh, kind of a game that was just like a big exhale for everybody, I think. Yeah. Uh, the Raptors all but seal the one seed. Their magic number is now one. They have four games left. They play like the Magic and Pistons in back-to-back games next week. So it should be locked up at this point. If it's not, something terrible has gone wrong. Um, but I guess I'll ask you, biggest takeaway from the Raptors' win over the Celtics? Biggest takeaway for me was I was thinking back to about a month and a half ago when... The Raptors almost blew that game against Miami. Right. And Dwayne Casey came out and said, hey, those guys in the dark alley with the big bats, <laughs> they're coming. Classic Caseyism, yeah. 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 And, you know, we saw Cleveland. We saw Boston, what they did in Boston. Yeah. And guess what? We saw some of those bats. Yeah. So this was about, you know, responding to that, showing that the Raptors have some bats of their own. Yeah. And frankly, the biggest bat they have is that bench unit's defense. Yeah. And you look at the first quarter, the way the Celtics set the tone, 
leading 20 to 14 after after one. It did not look good. It looked uh, a lot like what we saw in the last eight games. Yeah. The Raptors just looking, you know, befuddled and not really certain about how they should approach the game and the Celtics just commanding the game. But the second unit came in. They solved that the, the big lineup that Boston threw at them with yeah. Jason Tatum at the point with Monroe and Horford as the bigs. And then, you know, you look at Lucas Noguera, what he came in and was able to do. And that's the biggest strength the Raptors have. You yeah. look at... Uh, the Celtics box score, they had the three leading scorers in the game. Yeah. And they lost by 18. Yeah. And that just shows how deep the Raptors team is. Uh, the fact that come playoff time, they are going to be relied upon. And it's nice to know that even if they take a couple of hits, they can come back even stronger. Yeah, I thought the, the bench was really encouraging in this game. You mentioned the first quarter. I thought the offense didn't quite maybe get what it deserved in that quarter. There was a lot of good ball movement, just some missed shots. Maybe Kyle being like a little overpassy a little bit. Yeah. Had a couple threes that he probably could have jacked up, but you know, deferred to Surge or whoever, uh, and they ended up missing. But I thought it was like a, not, not the best offensive half or quarter by any means, but it wasn't their worst. And I think the 14 points wasn't exactly accurate in terms of sort of portraying how they played an offense in that quarter. But second quarter came around. Uh, they were 11-6 with just the regular bench unit to start the quarter. And then they go with this crazy, fun, funky lineup where they go the three-point guard, C.J. Miles, and Bebe Noguera, of all people, after Jakob Pertl had a really rough defensive stretch where he just couldn't stay in front of anybody, got blown by by Marcus Morris and Al Horford, um, and looked pretty rough. Bebe comes in, and that lineup goes in an 18-3 run, a 20-3 run in total for the Raptors, and that kind of put them up to stay. Uh, and I, I just thought that was a really impressive you know, stretch of, of play for the Raptors. The, the, the uh, Casey talked about after the game how the the second unit with sorry the, the sorry the three point guard lineup with Fred Lowry and, and Wright. You know, after that game on Saturday, you would have thought going super small is probably not the way to go against the very big you know Boston lineup, but it worked perfectly. Uh, Delon kind of realized, oh hey, Greg Monroe's guarding the rim right now. Maybe we should drive at this guy, and they did that a lot. And Delon had some success. Uh, as did Fred. I thought Fred had some nice finishes and kind of cut into the defense maybe more than he even does normally. Um, and I thought that really worked well. What did you think worked well about that three-point guard Miles Bebe look? And later on, I think they went with uh, it was so, it was they did three-point guards. It was Bebe and like someone else. It might have been Pascal or I can't exactly remember off the top of my head right now. But uh, it worked for a couple stretches. And so, what do you think was sort of the the key sort of component of that working? I think just forcing the action a little bit and yeah. that way you know you, you look at Boston they want to slow it down and muck it up and, you know they were able to get their hands on some loose balls and poke balls away and what was it nine turnovers in the second quarter yeah. uh, that's what really set the tone that's what uh, the Raptors you know the secondary unit is known for and so combining with Lowry now um, you know, he's someone that's going to step in, take charges when he has to. And I thought that that's what changed the game, right? Like getting out in transition, you know, with, with the way their offense was not making shots, that that's what helps get them going. And then it gets the crowd going. And then you know how this team is at home. Yeah. And now they're 32 and seven at home, I believe. Or, Something crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, that that's again, we talked about this before the game where, you know, if there was a way to feel good about the Raptors again, it was going to be coming back home and yeah. beating a good team, as they've done quite a few times this season. And again, all is bright in Toronto. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. 
Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. The, the Bebe thing is interesting. We can kind of get into this because he played pretty well. 18 minutes. He had six points, two boards, two steals. Probably doesn't really, again, tell the story of how good he was. I think there's a lot of stat lines in this game that didn't really portray how well guys played. Like Lowry in this game, just 13-5-5, five, and five, and I thought he was excellent. Uh, you know, his defensive intensity was wonderful, and it was nice to see after not being present at all last night. But Bebe in particular, we haven't really seen a lot of Bebe, and he got thrown into this game. He's been thrown into a couple games recently, and I think probably as a result of Yaka Pirtle struggling a little bit. Pirtle was pretty good offensively in this game. He had nine points. He was 4-4, uh, had a couple offensive boards that, you know, kind of helped the Raptors kind of spur things along as the offense maybe sputtered a little bit. Um, but his lateral quickness is not quite there the way it used to be. It seems like maybe he's wearing down a little bit in that regard. Uh, and uh, even though I say that, though, he had a few, the third quarter, he had a, just like a masterful defensive quarter where he made a few great plays and a couple of great contests after good rotations and staying in front of smaller guys. Um, but do you think this baby thing is going to transform into something where maybe he's picking up some of Pirtle's minutes? Tonight it was mostly Jonas's minutes who got cut into. He only played 13, uh, and he just wasn't super effective in those minutes. But Bebe, like, he looked really good with that with that lineup, and whenever he's on the court, good things happen. He was a plus 19 tonight. Do you think we'll see more of Bebe going forward this late in the season, or was it just more of a one-off thing where Casey was like, all right, let's just throw this against the wall and see if it works? Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be matchup-driven, yeah. and it was encouraging to see Dwayne Casey make such a positive in-game adjustment. You know, we know what he's capable of game to game. Mm-hmm. We've seen him adjust both times after two Celtics losses now and come back and really handed to the Celtics so uh, to see him make an in-game adjustment was encouraging and it was funny you know both Van Vliet and Lowry were asked about uh, Bebe and yeah. <laughs> almost before the question could end both of them said length yeah right um, so as strong as Horford and Monroe can be in the post it's still an intimidating presence when you've got those arms right he's an enormous you. dude <laughs> exactly and and then you know Van Vliet talked about the lob threat you yeah. know him being that rim protector um, and again he's a good passer um, which was why it was so surprising to see him actually dunk the ball yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. tonight wide open uh, under the rim but that's what you need and if if he's going to give you those few points inside, it's going to make his passing that much more effective because now people are actually going to pay attention to him and not anticipate that pass, right? Mm-hmm. So I definitely think this is a uh, matchup-oriented thing for Bebe. And um, the thing I like uh, in general about you know teams getting to that championship level yeah. is almost being like a Swiss Army knife yeah. and having different looks that you can go to. And you look at the three bigs now uh, that the Raptors have at center with Jonas and... Bebe and Pirtle, those are three different guys that do very different things. Yeah. And so uh, I think it, it only helps Casey come postseason. 
Yeah, I mean, Pascal Siakam has been kind of rendered a little bit moot against the Celtics. They don't really seem to care about him defensively. He had a couple decent drives tonight, one that he missed, uh, one that he made on a lefty scoop, which was, like, nice to see because he never goes lefty. Yeah. Um, but Pascal's not had the best run of the last three games, especially against in the Boston games. And to have Bebe where you know, like, he normally owns the Celtics already, and to know that, hey, maybe you can run a Bebe, a Baca frontcourt out there if Jonas is struggling, you know, to sort of maintain his defensive positioning against guys like Horford or whoever, um, or if you have Bebe out there, like, that, that seems like a nice little piece in the back of Dwayne Casey's pocket. And I think this is kind of going into what I've talked about the last little while, where as deep as the Raptors are, we talk about all the time like how rotations have to shorten, but the difference between the Raptors shortening their rotation and other teams is that when the Raptors shorten their rotation, there are still guys who they're not using, per se, who can be useful uh, in certain situations. And maybe they shorten the rotation, but it can be four different guys who are making an impact in one series compared to a next because they do different things and fit the matchup differently, whereas some teams just go down to eight guys because they don't have 12 guys they can trust. So that's a huge advantage. I think, I think there could be series where we see just eight or nine Raptors really get regular run, but we'll see over the course of two or three series, all 12 guys get run at yeah. some point, which I think is a nice advantage to have. And for Baby to play like that tonight, this late in the season, where we haven't really seen him very much, that's uh, super encouraging. Um, what else happened in this game? We can kind of touch Well, I mean, on. You, you touched on depth. I mean, you, yeah. you, you saw how much uh, respect the Raptors had for Kadeem Allen's jump. Yeah, what is Kadeem Allen? What is Xavier Silas? Like, what's Jabari Bird? Like, who are these dudes? <laughs> um, and that's, I guess, do you take any grain of salt with this game, considering the Celtics, uh, like the Raptors, run the second half of a back-to-back, uh, but they're shorthanded. They're missing Kyrie. They're missing Marcus Smart. Daniel Tice was good for them all season. He's gone, too. Um, they're shorthanded right now, and how much of a grain of salt do you take with this game? Or do you just look at how the Raptors played, took care of business, one by 18, uh, defended really well, even though it's not the best offense you're up against. And they still held the Celtics to a pretty poor offensive rating. Um, how much do you sort of take into account the Celtics not playing well, or does it just matter to you how the Raptors played in this one? Yeah, I mean, I think there is a bit of a grain of salt. Like, you know, if Kyrie's around and Marcus Smart's around, that's a bit more playmaking. That's a bit more shot making on Kyrie's part. Yeah, not, not uh, Marcus Smart. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, Terry prob- Rozier did the Marcus Smart thing and went one for nine tonight. So, yeah, yeah, so they're probably not going to go 25 for 75 uh, or three for 22 from beyond the arc. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you do have to credit the Raptors' defense because. Like we said, they were they were on the second night of a back-to-back as well. We talked about the defensive rotations not quite being there uh, on the spot the last eight games, uh, but it was definitely there tonight. And right from that, you know, right right from the get, you look at giving up just 20 points in the first quarter and then sustaining that throughout the game. I thought this was a really encouraging sign for the Raptors and sort of finding a bit of that mojo again on their home floor. Um, it took a while for the crowd to get going. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe a little bit understandably so. It was a tight sphinctered night, man. It was yeah. there was a lot riding on this game. It's the most important regular season game I can remember. And there yeah. like with everything that was happening coming in, I'm not surprised the Raptors fans were a little bit nervous about it. Yeah. And then, you know, so to finally sort of have that release where the game was sort of settled in the fourth, mm-hmm. um, I think that helps add to the confidence. And uh, you know, it was funny because I talked to Al Horford before the game, yeah, and I just wanted to pick his brain about that big lineup going at the bench, and he said that it wasn't a designated plan, yeah, uh, that it was something they just went to because they were short on guys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, Necessity and, and breeds it was like, hey, something good, yeah. We need to stagger 
Horford's minutes a bit more. So we're going to take him out early in the first and then bring him back in the second with Monroe. Mm-hmm. And it's just something they haven't to stumble upon. And, you know, the other point that he made as well was at this point of the season, everyone knows what everyone's running. Yeah. And everyone knows how they want to stop each other. And, you know, other than maybe Cleveland, you're probably not going to see anything new because they like to hide everything yeah. all regular season. Yeah. Um, Obviously, they have LeBron James, so it's still good enough for them to win, you know, 45, 50 games and get into the playoffs yeah. and, and then It'd just turn annoying. on the switch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think, you know, to me personally, I feel like these four games, we've sort of seen uh, a playoff matchup where yeah. it, both teams have made adjustments going each game. And uh, I doubt we'll see the Celtics again in the playoffs. Yeah, just it doesn't because seem the way likely, it's yeah. setting up. Um, and right now, Washington is seventh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good luck to Boston without um, Kyrie and with a healthy John Wall. Yeah, so, um, yeah I, th- I think the takeaway is that uh, the Raptors can make the adjustments. Um, the positive tonight is that with the Celtics coming out, or at least taking the advantage in the first quarter, that Casey was able to make that adjustment in finding Bebe and finding a lineup that worked. Mm-hmm. Um, or as he put it, just finding five guys that could yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and hopefully they they have five guys that can compete all the time in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. This is this is a really good team. Yeah. This is, tonight was a good reminder of that. And come postseason again, you expect them to win in the first round, second round. If it's Cleveland, then obviously you're up against it a little bit. But if not, they should favor themselves against anyone. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, a lot of things can change, man. Like. You know, three weeks ago, the Raptors beat the Rockets, and everyone's like, oh, man, yep. this team is going to the finals. This team, like, the Cleveland's no match for them, blah, 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 blah. Uh, three weeks happen where the Raptors don't play their best basketball, and everyone's losing their minds and thinking, oh, man, first-round disaster, second-round disaster, it's all going to hell. Uh, blow the damn team up. <laughs> but three, three weeks can change a lot of things. If the Raptors continue this for the next four games, I still think they're going to go and win 60. I think they're going to do it. The Pacers are tough on Friday. I think they're going to go win 60 anyway. Um, and I guess the Heat game next week they might not care about, but maybe they will if 60 is on the line. Um, but either way, like if they can just like kind of continue what they did tonight, I think the biggest thing was the defense, right? And maybe the, the Celtics with missing their best players is a nice testing ground for a defense, and maybe that helps you iron out some kinks and sort of you know, heals all wounds or whatever. But, like, this was the first time we've seen the Raptors defend like the Raptors can defend in a long time. Like, they've been one of the worst defensive teams, if not the worst, over the last three weeks. And for them to show that they, you know, tonight could actually sort of amp it up and just, like, be disciplined in their rotations and and just make smart defensive decisions and also just, like, turn the the Celtics over a bunch, uh, which they did a lot early on. Um, You know, that's just... That breeds in... That's sort of, like, the especially the turnovers, that feeds into everything the Raptors do well on offense, especially with the second unit. Um, so for that to happen, I think that's the most important thing, was for the defense to have a night where it kind of reminded you of how good the defense can be, because I think the offense is going to be there. It wasn't great tonight, second night of a back-to-back, and the Celtics are an awesome defense, so you're not really expecting you know, to put up 130 on them tonight. But the fact that they sort of 
muscled through it and kind of had a nice second half. I think that was encouraging at least. Um, and, and just for going forward, a lot of a lot of things can change. If they keep this going for the next three weeks, they have a good first round and sort of blow through whatever it is, the Bucks or the Heat, and sort of play the way they can, people will be thinking about that Cavs matchup differently. So it's obviously the last few games are going to sort of weigh in people's minds and the Cavs game suck the the way they went, but um, I, I think this is an encouraging win. Is there anything that you're still concerned about for the next few games that they have to iron out in the last four games before uh, the playoffs start up? Well, Indiana's a good offense. Yeah. So uh, I think seeing them go up against, you know, someone uh, like Oladipo who's done what he's done this season. Or apparently Lance Stevenson who only owns the Raptors. Right, exactly. And then Miles Turner is an interesting matchup for the Raptors' bigs as well. So I think that'll be a good test. And, you know, they're obviously fighting for home court, so you know that they're going to come as hard as they can, especially after losing uh, against Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think that'll be a good test, and that's what you want going into the playoffs, though. Yeah. You, you want to be a little bit exposed. You, you, I mean, again, we saw the Celtics turn to that zone defense in uh, Boston, and it was completely effective and neutralized the Raptors, and you, you saw them turn to it tonight, and it wasn't so effective. It's yeah. amazing, you know, you get a little time to see something, and yeah. you can learn from it, right? So I think that's the encouraging thing. Uh, you know, you talk about, again, changing up from Saturday to uh, tonight. You look at DeLon Wright, mm-hmm. completely struggled in that one, comes out tonight, has eight points, nine rebounds, eight assists, he was so two good steals, tonight, two man. blocks. So goddamn good. Yeah, so... Again, um, playoffs is going to be all about adjustments, and the more in-game adjustments you can make, the better. Yeah, that's, I think, the biggest bugaboo, right, with Casey. has always been his in-game adjustments. That he made one tonight is very encouraging. Um, Maybe that was something he planned to do anyway uh, from Saturday's game. Who knows? Right. Um, But, again, he's always been pretty good at the game-to-game stuff in, in playoff series anyway. That can cost you games and potentially cost you series if you wait too long to make the changes, but he's shown he can do it. Um, and yeah, this is not going to, I think, appease everyone, probably, even though it was a big win over the Celtics. Like, I, I feel like there's still people who are going to be, you know, skeptical and trepidatious about what's coming, but uh, a nice, encouraging performance, at least. And I think Friday against Indiana will be very telling as well. Um, if they can kind of replicate this defense, then I feel like that's going to go a long way to sort of easing people's minds. I've kept you way too long. It's so late. I have to catch a bus, uh, and I have to be up not long from now. So uh, we're going to wrap this thing up. Thank you so much for tuning in. Vivek, do you have anything to plug right now? Uh, no, just the usual stuff that you can find me on Raptors Republic, North Pole Hoops, B-Ball Breakdown, Sportsnet, and follow me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob. Right on. Uh, I hammered out a long-ass recap that kept Vivek waiting longer than I wanted to. <laughs> uh, after the game, you can check out a Raptors HQ. Uh, and I'll probably have some other stuff coming up in the playoffs. I'm going to do more stuff for the site coming up soon, so stay tuned, and uh, we will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 